As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. As usual, Nightwing finds himself up against the odds. Having traveled all the way to a remote temple in unforgiving conditions, he finds himself finally face-to-face with the man that he's been tailing. Little does Nightwing know, however, that in approaching this temple, he's disturbed the campgrounds of one dangerous foe. As Nightwing enters the barren temple, he checks for vital signs, finding none. It is then that a voice calls out from the darkness, another merc who thinks he can lock me up as Riddick steps forward from the darkness. I'll defeat you if you stand in my way today, Nightwing retorts. Yeah, I'd like to see you try. Riddick mutters as he draws his Ulocks and squares up his new enemy. It's the son of Gotham versus the prisoner of Butcher Bay. It's the first Robin versus the last Furion. It's Nightwing versus Riddick today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters in the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus, Legion of Audience. Today, we have yet another battle that is puzzling at first, but then just makes so much sense when you take a second to think about it. In one corner, you have Nightwing, formerly Batman's first sidekick as the original Robin, and now a force of his own, versus Riddick, one of Vin Diesel's most interesting characters from the world of sci-fi. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and... There have been team versus team battles where Nightwing was on the opposing team to Riddick, but never a direct one-on-one confrontation, which means the Who Would Win production team once again brings you a premier matchup in geek culture. You're welcome, Legion of Audience. 
Ray, what are your thoughts on today's match? I am always fired up to get a Vin Diesel character on the show. We've had Groot on the show, and we've had Dom Toretto on the show, and Riddick is the third in the trifecta of great Vin Diesel roles until we get that random dude from Saving Private Ryan. The point I'm trying to make is Vin <laughs> Diesel is a legend in our time, and Riddick was the role that put him on the map. It sure wasn't Boiler Room. Riddick is here and Nightwing's been on the show before Nightwing has won on the show before in a season one battle which means that he it's time to play Nightwing again right James you're a big fan of the Bat family you know how to rep these characters but I know how to rep Vin Diesel characters and I'm looking forward to matching wits with you in this battle you know, it's interesting. We had Sam Jackson, the the composite Sam Jackson with That's all right. of his, his his characters. I think Vin Diesel is going to be one of our next ones we have. He's had so many great characters. Sure. And I got to tell you, I, I really think Riddick should be up there a lot more when it comes to iconic sci-fi characters. I think there's a fourth movie coming out, and uh, hopefully that happens. But, you know, I got to talk to you about something else. And, and this happened... Uh, all last week, you know, we did a great matchup last week. I got the win with Sentry versus uh, Doomsday, who you repped really well. And I got to tell you, I got a dominant win, and I felt dominant all week. And then I realized when I get a loss, I'm really not good for that whole week. So the question I have for you, are you and I taking the wins or losses a little too seriously with the who would win matches? I will tell you right now. I get zero joy out of winning a match on the Who Would Win show, but I get utterly devastated when I lose a match on the Who Would Win show. It's really the best part of competition. No joy when you win and only humiliation and sadness when you lose. So all I'm trying to do is stave off that sadness for another week. I think the most incredible thing you just said was that you've, you're admitting You've actually had a loss on the show. Is this the first time you've admitted you've had losses on the no. show? Typically, you're like, well, if the judge didn't see it my way, it's I still should have won. But this is this is the first time I've ever heard you say that you've lost on the Who Would James, Win show. Is this using, really how you feel, right? You're using language against me here, of course, because that's what you do. What with English being your first language and all. The point I'm trying to make is that I've never lost but one time on the Who Would Win show. I am actually 216 and one on this show. And if it was wasn't for the judges ruining that perfect record by saying that you won, I should be the greatest champion in the history of all time. So to answer my question of whether or not you and I take these matches a little too seriously, it sounds like it's a resounding yes, we, we do. All right, let's see what no, our judges have to say on, about James. I'm going to say right now, I take these matches exactly as seriously as they deserve to be taken. I, th I think you're just proving my point here. All right, let let's see what the judge has to say about this. Making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. You know him as Doom Guy, as Conan. It's Torque from Call of Duty. Yeah, you guess it. It's Matthew Watterson. Matthew, welcome to Who Would Win. Hello, lads. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to hear both of your points of view for these two gentlemen. I love it, Matthew. Now, before we get uh, to the show itself, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, what you've been up to. In the wonderful way that is our industry, I've been up to a lot of stuff that I'm not legally allowed to talk about if I want to continue to work in the industry. It's that fun Here thing of like, they're like, go on, do advertising. When we tell you to, if you do it beforehand, you're fired. So um, it's been uh, it's it's been good. I've been keeping busy. It's been uh, a lot of animation stuff and some games. There's some great games coming out. Uh, I was uh, I had Hogwarts that just came out, which was fun and. 
there's some other games coming out that I can't talk about. And in uh, animation stuff, I've uh, been working on the Crudes show on DreamWorks, which is may or may not be the target audience for yours, but I've got a couple of other things coming out, which probably will be in the next year or so. Wow. Okay. So you're insanely busy as, as most successful voice you know, actors are. Can I, which can I we, jump we, we in really figured. quick here? The Croods might not be the target audience for the Who Would Win show, but actors who have appeared on the Croods is like catnip for <laughs> judging on the Who Would Win show. Yeah. It's, it's kind of your, it's, it's kind of your bread and butter. Yeah. That's all we, if we only cast people who have been on the Croods, we'd be good for three seasons. You'd be great for five. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, Matthew, before the show, we talked about a, a bunch of cool things. And you brought up something really interesting about uh, movies that are remakes. So tell the Legion audience, what is your opinion on remakes of classic 80s action films? Well, we were talking specifically about a couple of them. And the ones we were talking about were Total Recall and uh, Robocop. And it, explicitly in those two movies and some others that sort of fall into that milieu, they did such a good job of utilizing the excesses of the 80s that if you remake them and you just remake them as like a standard drama you lose anything that made them special so if you remake if you remake those movies and you take out all of the over the top parts of it you, you kind of just have a standard generic you know action movie or, or sci-fi movie and it loses what made those movies so good and why those are still movies that people like and still watch now, are you including uh, RoboCop in this, uh, you know, in this description of movies that kind of worked for the times within the '80s, but the remake just kind of wasn't really there? Yeah, it, it's the you know the original RoboCop was it, it was really easy to watch it and see it as just kind of like this very very uber violent you know f sort of sci-fi fantasy thing, but it. There's so much in it is so it had so much in it in all of the excesses of like the typical 80s stuff. It had so much in it that was really, really insightful, but it kind of masked it with the excesses, both of the violence and of just everything like the costuming and the, 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 the you know, the, the, the way it was shot and all that kind of stuff. So if you take it and just make a, a drama out of it or, or like an action film out of it, you kind of lose a lot of that or you, you lose a lot of what made it special as opposed to just another sci-fi action movie. With all that being said, it is time to get to the show. We've got two great opponents, Ray's on fire, I'm on fire, and we have an amazing guest judge and Matthew coming onto the Hoodwin Show for the first time. So Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing DC Comics, the hero who rubs everyone the wrong way, I'll just say it, he's a real dick. Grayson. Nightwing. And representing action cinema, the hero who rubs everyone the wrong way, I'll just say it, he's a real Riddick. Riddick. Wow. Inspiring. 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 Hey, remember how you play. said you, you, you didn't need an intern for your, any, uh, just may want to reconsider. All right, well done, Ray. Well, who before says we AI further. written jokes aren't funny? <laughs> <laughs> I have no personal experience with that. Uh, well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, I'm not really sure there's any but anything but one version of Riddick, although you tell me, what version are you using? Now, you are sure, James. There's one version of Riddick, and it's 
it's the same character that's appeared across movies, novels, video games, and uh, animated features as well. There's one Riddick, and it just tells the whole story. So all of that is canon. The all of it. All of it's that, canon. By the way, I think that's actually really cool, and more sci-fi franchises should follow that example. And I'll, I'll tell there. you why that works out that way in my fun facts later. Fantastic. All right, I will be repping... Listen, I actually really, really, really... My favorite version of Nightwing is from the 90s Batman animated series. Do it. Uh, but... Do it. But... Uh, I gotta Man go up. with the uh, modern day DC Comics of course Nightwing Comics because it's just too much to pull from it. He's just too cool. All right. Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but would be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm not saying we read every review many, many times over, then discuss them within the team, but that's exactly what we do. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's gonna do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, 
M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Riddick. Richard B. Riddick is the main character of the Riddick series of movies. Riddick is among the last surviving Furians, a warrior race that was wiped out to avoid an ancient prophecy. He was created by David Twohey, Jim Wheat, and Ken Wheat, and first appeared in the movie Pitch Black in 2000. Riddick is played brilliantly, if I might add, by one Vin Diesel. Starting as an intriguing main character of a film in the space horror genre, Vin Diesel elevated the very popular Riddick to superhuman empire-busting levels and then brought him all the way back for a deconstruction in his third movie. Riddick has a moral code, but is unafraid to kill when the situation calls for it. Otherwise, the Furian is aloof and uninterested in the world around him until he's made to be interested. Riddick is strong, fast, durable, and a top-level fighter. The fourth Riddick movie has been in development for too long, but there are hopes that it will release in 2024. Fun fact, and I've used this one as a fun fact before, but I have to do it again. You see, Universal Pictures owned the rights to Pitch Black and the character of Riddick. They were not interested in doing anything more with the character at all. Vin Diesel pulled an absolutely Dom Toretto move. And when Universal asked him to do a cameo at the end of Fast and the Furious 3, Tokyo Drift, Diesel said he would do the cameo, but only would do it for one price. Ownership of the character of Riddick going forward. Universal agreed to the price, so Diesel was able to make whatever Riddick movies, games, NFTs, okay, whatever, whatever he wants. If it's Riddick, Vin Diesel owns it so he can do it and keep it under the same storyline. That's not bad for like 30 seconds of screen time in Tokyo Drift. That is Riddick. You know, I got to interview Vin Diesel when he uh, did the Bloodshot movie I know you on did. behalf of yeah, Valiant. And I got to tell you, the big impression I got from him, he was very nice, by the way, the big impression I got from him, this guy is insanely smart. 
Like, this does not surprise me at all. I just, and I'm not surprised by his success, but this guy, he's playing 4D chess all the time. And if you haven't seen his commercials for Street Shark Toys from like 20 years ago, (laughs) I highly suggest you do it. You will never see him in the same light again. Never. What is Street Shark Toys? Those are toys based on sharks that uh, occupy the streets and fight bad guys. (laughs) They're the cousins of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One word uh, could be used to describe the toy line, and that word is Jawsome. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I need to find those. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that also describes... Never mind. I was going to insert a third bad joke, but then I thought twice about it, and I didn't do it. All right. Here are the details for Nightwing. Nightwing, a.k.a. Dick Grayson, was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and first appeared as Robin, the first sidekick of Batman in Detective Comics number 38 back in April of 1940. However, in Tales of the Teen Titans issue number 44, which came out in July 1984, Dick Grayson retires his role as Robin and assumes the superhero persona of Nightwing, which was created by Marv Wolfman and artist George Perez. The youngest in a family of acrobats known as the Flying Graysons, Dick watches a mafia boss named Tony Zuko kill his parents in order to extort money from the circus that employed them. After the tragic murder of Batman, as Bruce Wayne takes Dick in as his legal ward, retconned Ashley is now his adopted son in some cases and trains him to become his crime-fighting partner, Robin. Robin, however, eventually takes on his own superhero identity to assert his independence, becoming Nightwing. As Nightwing, he has led the Teen Titans and later the superhero group known as the Outsiders. And in the late 90s, Nightwing becomes the protector of Bloodhaven, Gotham's economically troubled neighboring city. Then he joins the Justice League and more recently has returned as the leader of the Titans. And here's an interesting fact about Nightwing. Did you know that Nightwing collects Batman merch? It's true. Sure, Dick Grayson's had his share of issues with Bruce Wayne. He moved to another city just to get away from his shadow, and they fought over the best way to fight for their cities. But that doesn't stop him from being Batman's biggest fan. In different comics, Dick is shown drinking from various Batman coffee mugs. In the New Teen Titans back in 1988, he's shown on the phone holding a black mug with a Batman signal on it, and another one, he's holding a white mug with a blue Batman symbol on it. Who knew Nightwing was such a huge Batman fan? I kind of did, because that's what I do. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Matthew, do you have any questions before we get started? Uh, I don't think so. I think that uh, that that successfully set the scene for the two gentlemen who we're going to be talking about. Loosely, loose gentlemen. I think mean, that's a good term. All right, race to Canis. I'm so excited for this. Go ahead and here's your point number one. Point number one for Riddick. We're going to talk about his physicals because one thing we all know about Nightwing is that he is just a guy. He is just a regular old human being wearing a spandex suit who jumps around at night throwing sticks at people. Meanwhile, Riddick is a superhuman Furian warrior whose vitals are off the charts, right? This is a guy who's incredibly strong. He's superhumanly fast. He's superhumanly durable. And Nightwing is just a guy who works out a lot at the end of the day. Now, let's talk about some of the things that Riddick has done. His strength. It's incredible. This is a guy who was put into a, 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 a prison cell that was basically like a tube, like one of those uh, Japanese hotels that you see, except it was like a shipping crate, and it was put on top of a bunch of other shipping crates, and he kicked, and he kicked the wall until he knocked it down and busted the thing open, allowing him to escape the prison that he was in at the time. Who kicks their way out of a prison cell? Riddick does. That's right. This is a guy who jammed his knife into a powerful character's head and then broke the knife off by the handle by just twisting his wrist a little bit. That is an impressive, powerful, power demonstration. 
that Riddick was capable of doing. This is a guy in the Pitch Black movie who took two 35 kilogram, and I looked it up, that's about 77 pounds. 77 pound power cells, put two of them on his shoulders, and just walked around like absolutely nothing was wrong. That's 150 pounds. As somebody who has a small child at home, I couldn't imagine carrying 45 pounds around the desert, much less two 77-pound power cells on my shoulders. And a little bit later, he was carrying two on his shoulders and dragging like two more behind him, right? And he was able to keep up with the rest of his team. Ridiculous strength feats, ridiculous durability feats. This is a guy who grabbed a Merc by the face as the Merc was charging him in a spaceship, reached out, grabbed him in the face, and just slammed him up into the ceiling, knocking him unconscious. Easy moves, great strength, great power, great fighting technique. As a baby, Riddick was to be killed. All the Furians were to be killed so this prophecy wouldn't come true, right? So every baby was strangled with their own umbilical cord. That's horrifying. And that happened to Riddick. And he survived it and did the prophecy anyway. This is a top-level durability fighter. Remember in the movie Pitch Black, one of the Bioraptors came attacking him. And he grabbed this gigantic alien creature by the two, like, arms in his front, and was able to hold him back using his impressive strength before eventually grabbing his knife, eviscerating the monster and stabbing him, like, 20 times, and then breaking his neck. Nobody's doing that to the Bio-Raptors in Pitch Black, with the exception of Riddick. If Nightwing was on the planet of Pitch Black, he would have soiled himself and run into a cave to hide. Riddick faces his problem, and defeats it. But he's not just strong, he's fast. He's of course dodged bullets, dodged missiles, dodged gravity-defying energy bolts, he's dodged them. He's tough. This is a guy who cut into his own neck with a knife, reached in there with his hands, and yanked out an implant that was put into his neck. Who cuts open their own neck to remove implants? I can only think of one man, and his name is Riddick. He's also very resilient to the drugs that they use in all the different prisons. Why? Because he has to be. This is a guy who escapes every single time he's put in prison. Why? Because they can't keep him down with drugs. So any of these weird knockout gas or any of this other stuff that Nightwing's going to pull, it's just plain not going to work. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the eye shine. He was able to use it to see in the dark. But not only can he see in the dark... He can see invisible spectrum lasers. So if Nightwing tries any of this fancy high-tech laser gizmos, he's going to be able to see the lasers and avoid them. And he's going to be able to do that with no extra gear whatsoever. At the end of the day, Riddick is too strong, too fast, and too durable for a regular human being like Nightwing to contend with. And that's my point number one. All right, so first of all, putting two 45 kilograms of whatever beer kegs on your shoulders that's called average childlike canadian strength not really that impressive also not really that impressive all of the strength things strength feats you mentioned that riddick did in all three of those movies nightwing at the very least has duplicated all of that and actually done a lot more if nightwing's not that powerful how come he's just as strong evidently as riddick and you know riddick's definitely tough i can't take that away riddick is tough Nightwing actually tanked getting shot in the head. Now, luckily, it was a you know .32 caliber gun, not the biggest thing. But get shot in the head with that and try to tank it and then just keep on fighting. This guy's insanely tough. Ray, I think you kind of completely misunderstood what Nightwing's all about. And to prove that, let me get to my point number one. And in my point number one, let's talk about Nightwing's abilities, which are at minimum 
peak human and quite possibly above. Again, we're talking about the DC universe here where power levels are insanely high compared to everything else. So first of all, Nightwing's a weapons master. He knows how to use all of his bat-themed weapons and tech like a master, but he's got a level of resourcefulness that people don't quite fully understand, in my opinion. It's interesting that his weapons of choice are Eskrima sticks. Now, I'm super familiar with Eskrima with my martial arts training, and the great thing about this incredible Filipino weapon style is that you can literally pick up anything. I mean, anything you know how to use or pick up anything that's around you, and you can use that effectively as a weapon, which means Nightwing will never be disarmed or without weapons. His stamina allows him to fight at his peak for hours. He's literally the greatest acrobat on Earth. And it's not just Batman saying that. There's one quadruple flip that could be done by three people. Two of them were Dick Grayson's parents who unfortunately died in the whole thing that caused him to become Robin, whatever. His body, Dick Grayson's body is so strong that when a man punched him full force in the chest, it broke his hand. Remember, Nightwing's sparring partners aren't just the members of the Bat family, but they're also superhumans like the Flash, Cyborg, Deanna Troy, who's that Amazon Wonder Woman's sister. She's a complete badass as well. That's who he trains with. This is kind of crazy. Now let's talk about his stealth. His stealth is often considered superhuman. It's not. It's just really that good. He's able to seemingly disappear in front of an opponent and hit them from out of nowhere. He's a master using his environment, use it to conceal himself or use it as part of his battle plans. His stealth is so good that he pulled a Batman on Batman and Batman was like, wow, he pulled a me. Unbelievable. This guy's great. Nightwing's also insanely hard to hit. Look, both Ray and I start off describing someone's speed as saying, you know, they're so fast that they can dodge bullets. So obviously Nightwing can do that. He's been doing that for years. Actually, he's been doing that for decades. But what sets Nightwing apart is that even Flash level speedsters have a hard time hitting him. So there's a character named Jesse Quick. That's a speedster who's in the same class as a Flash. Maybe not as fast as Flash, but definitely has that level of speed. And Nightwing easily dodged her kicks and strikes that she was throwing at him from close range at super speed. He's dodging a speedster's attacks. Really cool. Now, his fighting style, this is really cool too, is absolutely crazy. He knows dozens of fighting styles. But what I've been told and what I researched, he emphasizes is, again, the list ready, Aikido, Kung Fu, Eskrima, Capoeira, Judo, Hapkido, Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, Savat, Sambo, Nijitsu, Boxing, Krav Maga, and Jeet Kune Do, Bruce Lee style. And what he's done, this is actually really cool too, he put his acrobatics and his crazy jelly into his fighting style. So according to DC Comics, in terms of pure fighting ability with no weapons, he's top 20 in the world, but I think he's actually top 10, but definitely top 20. And the reason he's so good is because his fighting style makes him insanely unpredictable in a fight. His specialty is hitting you from what many of his superhuman opponents call impossible angles. So you want some more? Okay, he's a legit genius. He's a genius tactician. He's a genius strategist. A master escape, was it? escapeologist is the right way to say it. He's an expert marksman with any type of weapon he put his hands on, whether it's a gun, some knives, his screaming sticks, or any of his bat-related weapons. Fun fact, Nightwing has an indomitable will. His will is so powerful that he was actually considered as a candidate for a Green Lantern ring, which I believe he turned down. He's overcome toxins and can resist and overcome mind control. That is an insanely powerful will, which means he doesn't want to give up ever. And let's not forget about his insane detective skills. Look, you can't be such a prominent member of the Bat family without having insane detective skills. He's been trained since he was, what, eight? To notice and make note of everything, no matter how small the detail, he's able to analyze and use all these details to his advantage. We've seen this millions of times. So how long do you think it's going to take for Nightwing to notice those big goggles Riddick wears? More on that later. All of that is my point number one. I mean, that's fine, James. You can say whatever you want. Oh, Nightwing's got this move that only three people can do, and two of them were his parents. But apparently it didn't help them when the tightrope gave out. Am I right? No amount of athleticism helped them when they fell from a great height with no net and they both died, making him an orphan. I think that, you know, it's great that he's as agile as two people whose agility couldn't save them from falling. 
Fantastic, James. All Riddick has to do is drop him from a height, and he's gone. Great to know. And you talk about Jesse Quick, and this is an important thing to keep in mind with Nightwing, is the fact that he has prior knowledge and has plans to deal with all of these people that he faced. Jesse Quick, fast. Flash level speed? That is a joke. She is barely half the, as fast as Flash. She is a fraction as fast as Flash. That is outrageous to even try to compare her. She is a speedster. Yes, she is like the Flash. No, absolutely not. But on top of that, she was trained to fight by Nightwing. Nightwing trained her to fight, which means he had extensive battle uh, uh, knowledge when it finally came time to fight her. So what does that mean? He knew exactly how she was going to fight and exactly how to beat her. But it's not going to happen with Riddick because this has no prior knowledge coming into the match. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so uh, I'm going to disagree with some of what you just said, but let's get to the judge. Matthew, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Yeah, you know, uh, th this is, I, I gotta, I gotta admit, this is, this is a difficult one because both of them, as you guys, uh, as you guys described, both of them are more athletic and stronger than I am. So that puts them, uh, you know, that, that means that's superhuman. Well, right yeah, well, and I'm like, well, if they're, if they're better than me, then I, I lose the ability to, to judge between them too well until they actually come to blows. Uh, and you know, each of them has strong, strong skills that kind of counter the skills of the other one a little bit. So it's ah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight fight. It's this is I, I'm already I'm already it's already very clear to me that this is not gonna be one where it's like oh this is gonna be a good oh no it's over. It turns out it was a really really easy fight. These guys are uh, are pretty evenly matched. Interesting. Okay, I can see your logic in some ways, and then I can definitely not see any logic to what Ray said at all. Just putting that out there. But with all that being said, Ray, go ahead. Let's see what you got. Hit us for your point number two. Point number two for Riddick. Let's talk about his fighting style. Let's talk about how the guy fights in actual fighting situations. He is an expert fighter. He was trained in all forms of combat by high-level military academy training. Before he went on to become a mercenary, he was actually a highly esteemed military cadet in the military of his world. Then he's shown moves in Krav Maga, and I want to say like four or five other different martial arts forms, which I should have written down, but absolutely did not, but remembered Krav Maga. The point is that Riddick uses a lot of different fighting styles, much like Nightwing does, and has a high level of military training. This is a guy whose number one move that I've seen, he can disarm weapons from other people with lightning speed. So if you're going to try to bring out some sort of a weapon against Riddick, he's going to get that weapon away from you. And considering the fact that Nightwing uses those batons, has gadgets, often is trying to use weapons in battle, Riddick will be able to disarm him as it goes. Another thing that he has working for him is his incredibly high pain tolerance. You can hit Riddick, you can stab Riddick, you can impale Riddick, and nothing stops him from moving forward. Nothing stops him from shrugging it off and continuing to fight. Because as strong as Nightwing's willpower is, and it is legendary, I would argue that Riddick's willpower is equal, if not superior, to Nightwing's. And I know what I am saying when I say that, but Riddick has the ability, we'll get into it a little bit later on in my point number three, but I want to give a teaser on that. 
This is a guy who always wins and always survives. And he has a very, very high pain tolerance, as I said. What happens is, if he starts getting hit too many times, he hulks out. He literally pulls a hulk and channels it into anger, thus making him stronger. If you can believe that, this is a guy who popped his own shoulder out in order to like escape a harness to get out of a prison. He literally not only reached into his own neck to pull out a thing, popped his own shoulder out. Personal damage does not matter to Riddick if it means he can get his goals done. He also is trained to use basically any kind of a weapon, but he favors his knives. And one important thing that he will absolutely do that Nightwing basically does not is kill people. Nightwing will try to incapacitate people. Riddick is going for the kill shot most of the time. And when one comes to the other, the guy who's willing to quote unquote go there will often be the one to win. A guard tried to kick Riddick, right? Reached out with his legs and tried to kick it. Riddick grabbed his leg and then snapped it backwards, breaking his leg, using his own momentum against him. What happens when Nightwing tries to throw a kick against Riddick and suddenly his leg is broken? He ain't doing nothing on a broken leg. What are we talking about? It's been said that Riddick can throw a knife faster than a human being can even react to it. Think about that. This guy can move and he can fight. He also fights with stealth. I love that Nightwing is a stealth fighter. Guess what? So's Riddick. Riddick is a guy who could hide in shadows. In fact, when he was trained as a mining company ranger, he learned the ability to hold totally still, making no sounds, and lowering his heart rate to the point where he doesn't show up. There were some, I believe, some like wolf animals, and they were supposed to like, they're coming after him, and he was able to play dead, quote unquote, lower his heartbeat to the point where they thought he was dead and they just left him alone. No problem. So all these little like heartbeat gadgets and stuff, not going to work. He could sneak into any place. He could hide anywhere and he could sneak up behind you and strike you whenever he wants. This is a guy who, unlike Nightwing, who fights with allies. Nightwing fights with a team, the Teen Titans, the Bat Family. This is a guy who doesn't do as much one-on-one -on -one fighting as he probably wishes he did. Meanwhile, Riddick is a character who fights groups of enemies, mud demons, necromongers. He doesn't need the Teen Titans to clean up his messes. He handles everything by himself and handles more than one person at a time. And the last thing to talk about, he sets traps. This is a guy who sets traps, whether they be the elaborate kind when he has time to prepare, but he won't hear. But he also once squeezed his own blood out so he could create a trail because he knew people were tracking him and he made the trail go to like some big monster. So he led the people he knew was following him into danger and then escaped and let the monster take care of it. He's smart. Dick Grayson, while smart, isn't ready for this level of expertise. And that's my point number two. All right. So I don't disagree with how you make a statement about Vin Diesel saying like he's a good fighter. He can use stealth and, and you know, he he's smart. I agree with all of that, but there's levels here, Ray. You can't say like, hey, I figured out how to use a calculator. I'm just like Einstein. That's the comparison you're making here, especially when it comes to stealth and using weapons and what have you. Now, Riddick is a definitely great fighter, but his fighting style, and I watch this because I love fighting styles. He's a tank. And what does a tank do? A tank tanks things. It takes punishment. I remember, I think it was the third and the last uh, Riddick movie where he's running through some area, looks like a desert, what have you, and he's being shot with tranquilizers. And of course, it takes a bunch of tranquilizers to take him down. I think it was like three or four. But instead of getting hit and like saying, got to get out of here, he keeps moving forward. Sure, that's noble, but it's not the best way. It's not the smartest way to fight. 
And that's gotten Riddick in trouble a whole bunch of times. Compare that to Nightwing. Nightwing's always looking for the smart way to do things, not the toughest way to tank things. All right, now, let me get to my point number two. And for my point number two, we got to talk about this. Let's talk about Nightwing's tech and weaponry. So his uniform, let's start there. It's made out of a substance much more bullet resistant than Kevlar, which also has the ability to protect him for, from hard impacts, hard falls, and it's also highly resistant to bladed weapons. His suit, by the way, it's also insanely resistant to fire, cold, and even energy-based attacks. This is really, really interesting. Now, the suit also has a super powerful taser designed to shock anyone who grabs onto him, but at the same time, keep him safe. And the taser is taking out superhuman opponents with enhanced durability and strength on a level that were way higher than Riddick's. Now, speaking of electrified objects, Nightwing has shock gloves. These are electrified gloves, which gives him the ability to strike and hurt superpowered characters on a much higher level. Remember, he's already an expert striker, so this is awesome. His suit has glider wings that enable Nightwing to fight from above or to move in really unexpected ways. Remember, he's done cool stuff like he just jumps off the wall or literally flips in the air, get the, lets the wings go, and he's off and going. And as Race to Kane has often said, if you have the aerial advantage in a fight, you're probably going to win. Thanks, Ray Sicanus. I don't think you're wrong. See, that's the thing about Nightwing. He can fight in close or in long range, something Riddick most definitely can't do. So Nightwing's also got powerful explosives. You can throw and plants on people. He's done that all the time. These are explosives that have even affected people as powerful as Superman. Didn't take Superman out, but he felt them. He's got magnesium flares of blind opponents, flashbangs, which are small grenades that produce a bright flash of light and a loud bang. He's got stun grenades, gas pellets, expandable foam that can trap superpowered beings or even suffocate them if need be. He's got every version of throwing projectiles that Batman has. He's got knockout gas batarangs, explosive batarangs, batarangs that emit a sonic blast. On top of that, he's got a net projectile like a predator. That's awesome. He's got a grappling gun and a bat line that he uses to, you know, he can trap people with it and snare people with it or use it to get out of harm's way super fast. Nightwing has night vision goggles. See, in the dark, not a problem for him. He carries those two super durable Escrima sticks as weapons, which can also be electrified too. Pretty cool. Here's the kicker. He doesn't just know how to use these weapons and gadgets one-on-one. -on -one. He knows how to use them the best way possible in combination, the way a martial arts weapons master or a ninja would look. To put it bluntly, I've said this before, his training with the, hate to say it, OCD Batman guarantees that Nightwing is beyond a master at using his weapons in any right combination he wants. For example, why couldn't Nightwing throw a gas grenade type battering at Riddick, then engulf his legs and foam so he couldn't move, then hit him with a super powerful taser because you know that Nightwing has trained to do all of that and a whole lot more. And before I forget, on top of the magnesium flares, Nightwing has a super powerful high beam flashlight. I don't know what else to call it, but a flashlight that is used as a blinding device with over 1 million lumens. Evidently, that's really, really big because Batman has stated that this device can burn a hole through someone's head. Uh, this is when he was using it on the Joker for a few seconds to blind him completely. This was, you know, at least for a minute, this was really, really cool. I wonder how that would affect Riddick once Nightwing uses that and his goggles come off his face, which they will. Just some cool stuff. All of that is my point number two. You know, you say that Riddick's goggles are going to come off his face like that's a thing that really happens in the movies outside of times. He wants the goggles to be off of his face. It's just not what happens. And he fights the greatest, you know, uh, armies of his time. Now, you know about tasers? You're really, based on what I've just told you about Riddick, you really think tasers are going to do anything but make him angry and he's going to grab the taser and snap it in half? That taser is not going to even slow down Riddick much less actually cause real damage. And I'm glad you're talking about gas bombs and all this other stuff. I've already countered this point. He's a, he's immune to poisons all throughout all the prisons that they've done. So gas bombs, not really gonna do anything. And what are you gonna do? You're gonna, you're gonna make it, uh, you're gonna make it all gassy in the room so nobody can see. Well, guess who has enhanced senses? 
naturally and can see in the dark. Not going to be a problem. I hope you bring that approach to it. Now, Nightwing is a guy who, two things here. One, he's a Bat family member, which means he needs prior knowledge. He needs sweet, sweet prep time to get done what he needs to get done. So many of these battles, he knew who he was fighting, was showing up to the battle with the exact tools he needed to beat them. This is a neutral location with no prior knowledge. He's just going to bring his standard loadout, and that's not going to be enough. And this is a guy remembering he beat some good people, usually on a team, but he has never beaten characters like Bane, Deathstroke, Cassandra Kane. This is a guy who, when he tends to fight really good martial artists or very strong characters who can fight like Bane, and I think Bane and Riddick, not too terrible a comparison between the two. He can't beat Bane. You're not beating Riddick. I, I just wish, I just hope there's some instances of Robin doing the opposite of what you're talking about that maybe will come up later. Who knows that what's going happen? Sad they won't. It's so unfortunate. Now, we're at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Matthew tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Matthew has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we're going to be picking a patron who often likes to give me a difficult time on social media. You'd think I'd be talking about any one of 28 different people, but the one I'm talking about specifically is our patron, Cam Sully. Ooh, Cam Sully is insanely tough, and he's got this wiliness to him. All right, all right, okay. Let's have Cam go up against Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Now, Shang-Chi is an amazing character in that Shang-Chi's, of course, special uh, superpower is his ability to just fight. It's crazy to think that the Avengers, well, okay, we got to go knock down Galactus. So let's get uh, Iron Man with a billion dollars in the big suit. Let's make sure we get, you know, uh, Vision who can phase through objects. And also uh, Shang-Chi who can, who can ninja and, and fight really, really good. Let's make sure we get him for Galactus. But that's how good he fights. So unfortunately, Cam Sully is going to be up against it in this battle. They're going to square off from each other. And there's going to be little lines of what lines of rice, like the sumo uh, fights they do. And they're going to, they're going to like look at each other. They're going to do a little bit of a bow. And then Cam Sully is going to strike a pose. And Shang-Chi is going to say, oh my gosh, I've never seen this fighting style before. He's like, that's right. That's how we fight on the streets, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is going to be a little bit nervous. He's going to go in with his best attack. And Cam Sully is going to pull out a Ruin Ken Dragon Punch to take down Shang-Chi. Cam Sully is the winner, and he uses martial arts to do it. Unbelievable upset. He took it to the streets, which is where we all was, this was going to go. All right, congratulations, Cam Sully. Remember, you two can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. Matthew, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? You know, at the moment, uh, like I said before, like they seem really evenly matched, but I, I have to be honest, the breadth of options that Nightwing seems to have at his disposal, just de facto that he sort of has on him, is kind of, it is a lot. Like he, he seems to have a lot more potential options than Riddick does. I know that Riddick has the has shown the ability to take toys and take weapons away from other people but uh, he, he just Nightwing just seems to have so many things at his disposal at the moment that I feel like that's kind of tipping the scales in his direction right now so I think one of the things that that I'm going to need to see or hear from or about Riddick is 
not necessarily his ability to to go head to head against a thousand uh you know standard infantry or marines or whatever it is but his ability to go head to head with somebody of you know similar excessive capabilities as he is Ooh, that's interesting. And I can't lie to you, that accent you've got really sent chills down my back saying Nightwing is ahead because you're not wrong, by the way. Okay, Ray, listen, you may be behind, but you've pulled out bigger victories before from seemingly you know being defeated. Go ahead and you know, just give us your masterful point number three. Point number three for Riddick, and I'm going to tie all of this together and easily show you why Riddick should be the winner today. Nightwing, he's got a lot going on for him for sure, but there are some severe crippling weaknesses that Riddick is the perfect character to exploit. Now, Riddick has fought super-powered characters before. Lest we forget, he fought the Lord Marshal at the end of the second uh, Chronicles of Riddick movie. This guy is a speedster, but he also moves through shadows in that he sort of like stops time, creates a shadow somewhere else, and then just fills up that space. At the end of the day, he fought a guy who was moving way too fast for him to actually kind of keep up with. So what do you have to do? You got to get in that one good shot. Riddick, as a great combatant, understands that if you can take 10 shots and you're able to take them, but you're able to land that one death blow, that's how you're going to win the battle. And that's exactly what he did against the Lord Marshal. He took a bunch of shots. He was down. Carl Urban, of all people, very, very young Carl Urban tried to jump in there and take the shot. What happens? He noticed the way that uh, the Lord Marshal was fighting, and he watched his shadow pattern, went to the place he was trying to go to, got there before him, and then stabbed him in the top of the head and broke that knife off like I mentioned earlier, thus taking over the entire empire. That's the thing. Nightwing beats petty criminals. Nightwing, you know, he has trouble against real superpowered individuals like Deathstroke, like uh, Bane, you know, etc., but he fights the street guys, no problem. This guy can fight out any, he can fight the Jets and the Sharks at the same time in any West Side story. But that's cool. That's not what Riddick is all about. Riddick is shockingly smart. The big thing that Riddick has besides street smarts and survivability is he can deduce a weakness of something or somebody very, very quickly. Remember, in the movie Pitch Black, he was the one who just looking at the Bioraptors figured out that they had blind spots, right? He figured out they had blind spots and figured out the best places to stab them in order to get the kill shots, even though they were running over, just running over every single body they were fighting and tearing them to pieces. He found the weaknesses through not too much work. He also concluded that the prize dagger of the Necromonger was quote-unquote half a gram too heavy on the back end after holding it for like two seconds. So he could take any weapons, immediately deduce their weaknesses, and use it against them. You know what Dick Grayson's weakness is? And James told you, his armor. He doesn't wear any on his head or neck area. He is completely exposed on the head or neck area at all times. You think Riddick can figure out the spot to stab him when that first one doesn't work? Yeah, it's going to be the neck, it's going to be the head. And if you can stab the Lord Marshal in the head and bring him down with one knife shot, that's all he has to do against Nightwing to get the win. He could also escape from anywhere. What what move is Nightwing going to put on him? What hold? What situation is Riddick going to is he going to put on Riddick that Riddick can't get out of? I can't think of a single one because Riddick is a survivor. He's going to get himself out. Lest we forget, in Chronicles of Riddick, he killed a guy with a teacup. And he told him before he did it, I'm going to kill you with this teacup sitting on this table right here. 
The guy was like, ah, I'd like to see you try. Took one step forward. Riddick took the teacup, smashed it into the table to make it jagged, jammed it into his chest before the guy could react, twisted it, and killed him. That's who Riddick is. One-shot kills. Nightwing wants to fight and fight and wear you down and get you incapacitated and get you beaten that way. Riddick wants one shot to kill you, and Nightwing will leave himself exposed eventually for Riddick to do it. This is exactly the guy to pull off that move. Also, his willpower. I mentioned it before. The Lord Marshal tried to take his soul after thinking he had him beaten in battle. He literally reached down with some sort of like mystical power, ripping his actual soul out of his body, and Riddick was like, no. And he blew him backwards with the force of his sheer willpower alone. The quasi-dead tried mentally probing Riddick. They all exploded from the strain of trying to overcome his mind. He has just got too much willpower, and he's just got too much power behind him. And at the end of the day, Nightwing needs a plan. Nightwing is really, really good at fighting somebody and beating him the second time around, just like his mentor, Batman. But without a specific plan, and a guy he's never even seen before, Nightwing is going to try his normal stuff, and it will not work. Meanwhile, Riddick is the ultimate improviser. This is a guy who could drop him into any situation, any death world planet, any prison, and he's eventually, very quickly, going to find his way through that situation and find a way to get victory. He doesn't need a plan. He just needs to be Riddick. And that's my point number three. This is all good stuff. Again, I, there's a lot of stuff I'm not going to disagree with, but again, there's levels and there's levels. Now, can Riddick deduce a weakness? Yeah, great. He did that to, what was that thing? A mud demon? Like kind of like a wolf size kind of thing. I'm just going to put it out there. I think Nightwing's slightly harder to figure out than a, a mud demon, just, you know, a thing. Uh, let's talk about the Lord Marshal fight. Cause that's actually going to reveal a lot in my point number three. You know, Nightwing um, in Batman was really cool. They've actually developed fighting techniques and methodologies, if you will, to take on super powerful beings. There's a great comic book where where Batman says, in, in you know, uh, to Cassandra Cain, for example, hey, knock this guy hard enough as if you would break the skull of a regular human being. He's a metahuman. He can take it. So she hits this guy's head through the roof of uh, the floor of the top of this building and knocks him out. And he's just knocked out because he's a metahuman. They know how hard to hit and what have you. A superhuman to the level of Riddick style, not something Nightwing is unfamiliar with. And finally, you know, Nightwing also steals souls. I don't know if you know this, but he does that using comedy. And what do I mean by that is that when he fights, he's a master at distracting people by figuring them out, understanding what psychological buttons to push, and then using verbal judo, for lack of a better term, to get them off balance and what have you. Doesn't always work, but he's really great at doing that. All right, let me get to my point number three, and everything's about to become really, really clear. Let's talk about big wins and feats of Nightwing. Now, in terms of big feats, Nightwing has been the leader of the Teen Titans, the Titans, the Outsiders, the Justice League. Now back to being the leader of the adult version of the Titans. Why is this important? Because every time he was a leader, he had to be always ready to be challenged for the title. It's like having a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've got one of those. This is so true. One of the unwritten rules that any time if someone walks into your jiu-jitsu school and issues the challenge that they want, you know, a challenge match to you, you have to step up and take them on and you better win. And that's what Nightwing does. So on top of all of that, Nightwing had to fill in and be Batman, not once, but twice. And many people thought he was a better Batman than Batman was. That's crazy. But here's the difference between Batman and Nightwing. This is talked to uh, Ray's last point. Batman's MO is to fight someone, maybe win, possibly not. 
because he's overpowered, what have you. He barely gets away because he's good at it. He learns from it. He takes that infamous two weeks of prep time and comes back using that prep time and previous experience to get the win. For Nightwing, you need to reverse that. See, Nightwing typically wins the first encounter, and then the villain prepares like crazy for the next fight with him in order to get the win, hopefully, which always, almost always never happens. And this explains why Nightwing has so many impressive wins and wins against very similar opponents to Riddick in terms of style, combat methods, and physicality. So Nightwing has beaten... Killer Croc, that's that huge, super powerful lizard skin creature that Batman fights. He's beaten KG Beast, who's a highly trained, giant, huge guy. He's an assassin, member of the Russian KGB. He's got super strength, durability, expert in hand-to-hand combat. He's got bladed weapons and firearms. He beat him. By the way, he does have a victory over Bane as well. That's pretty cool. In terms of people with powers that are way superior to Riddick's, he's beaten them, got victories over Clayface. That's the person who can, you know, looks like mud and can shapeshift and what have you. Poison Ivy. She's insanely dangerous with everything she can do. And my favorite is this character named Blockbuster. Think of a much stronger, more durable version of Bane in a crime boss type of package. And of course, uh, Nightwing's beaten him a number of times. He's even beaten over a dozen demons from hell at the same time because, you know, why not? It's a fun thing to do. He's even beaten opponents that were exactly like Riddick. That is, if Riddick were way more powerful with better weapons, stronger, and had more durability and training. For example, Nightwing beat one of my favorite characters in DC Comics called Midnighter. Now, Midnighter is a super strong, super durable character. He's got super speed, has a computer in his brain that can go through millions of calculations and scenarios in nanoseconds for a fight that's about to take place. He can outfight anyone because he's already figured out what they can do as well as what the best outcome will be. Know what happened when he took on Nightwing? He lost. Why? Because Midnighter couldn't read Nightwing's unpredictable style and also his resourcefulness. He just couldn't figure him out. That guy with the computer brain, who has wins over everyone, couldn't figure out uh, how to beat Nightwing. He beat Talon. Now, Talon's a fairly new character from the New 52. This is an assassin from the Court of Owls. Talon's an undead, immortal assassin who has super strength, super speed, super durability, loves to use dual knives, whatever that sounds familiar, and his weapon of choice is now, you know, are those dual knives, and, and he's now a threat to pretty much everyone who crosses his path in the DC universe, and Nightwing beat him. And you knew I was going to say this. He's even beaten Batman twice. But there's one fight that clearly demonstrates the difference between these two and shows why Riddick loses against Nightwing. See, Nightwing has beaten Flash level speed. There's already mentioned this. In one encounter with the Wally West version of the Flash, Nightwing was able to catch him in a joint lock and completely immobilize him. Think about it. Nightwing was able to catch the Flash in a joint lock. That's crazy. He gets a speedster. And he's got wins over many opponents with super speed. I already mentioned it, Midnighter and Talon. And I just saw that super speed attacks are the kryptonite of Riddick. Let me explain. In that scene with Lord Marshall that Ray was referencing, I think that was from the Chronicles of Riddick, Lord Marshall came charging at Riddick from a distance, probably about 15 to 20 feet, and he came at him at super speed, right in front of Riddick. Riddick saw him, he stopped, and then he charged him. And Riddick couldn't get out of the way, got knocked back against the wall. Then Lord Marshall continued his super speed and just bashed the heck out of Riddick, you know, from in front, from all these weird angles. And Riddick had a really hard time even playing a finger on him until Riddick is beaten helpless to the ground. So in that fight, Lord Marshall had Riddick helpless, and the only reason he survived is because someone stabbed, you talked about it, Ray, stabbed Lord Marshall in the back with a spear, which then created an opening for someone else to come in and help Riddick get the win. So Riddick needed two people to come in and help him in a fight against someone with super speed that was nowhere near that of Wally West, the Flash. It's MMA math. Look, if you're an easier target to hit, no matter how durable you are, you'll take enough punishment and go down. In this case, Riddick's a tank. His fighting sale is take punishment, take what you're throwing. Those tranquilizers takes a bunch of them, but then finally goes down. Guess who's got tranquilizer? Oh, that's right, Nightwing. Nightwing is known for being one of the most elusive moving targets in DC Comics, the direct opposite of Riddick. And by the way, again, how long is it going to take 
the master detective to understand Riddick's weakness to light and start using his magnesium flares, his flashbangs, that super flashlight with over 1 million lumens to start to disorient Riddick. It's not going to be long. Look, Riddick is amazing. I love this character. I wish he was a bigger part of the sci-fi and fantasy zeitgeist. And hopefully with the next movie that comes out, that happens. But listen, you just don't take on. He's not going to be able to get a win against someone with decades of experience taking out some of the most insane and most powerful characters in the DC universe, including the Joker. Oh, did I forget to say that? Oh, that's right. Nightwing's beaten the Joker. This is just crazy. This is why Riddick loses. This is why Nightwing wins. That's my point number three. Oh, he's he beaten the Joker? Oh, dear. The guy with no powers who, you know, just tries to use like a hand buzzer to electrocute you. I'm shocked. What a what a big win that was. You talk about some of these wins like they mean anything. The Blockbuster, Talon, KG Beast. These sound like WCW jobbers from the late 1990s. And, and a win a, a, a joint lock against Wally West is can't isn't he the flash? Can't he just vibrate himself his body to just like go through solid objects? That just sounds like bad writing. It's also a good thing, I guess, since Riddick had trouble against that speedster, that Nightwing's not a speedster. I guess that's probably a good thing that he'd have trouble against a character that Nightwing isn't. And Midnighter being unpredictable. Okay, that's fine. Uh Nightwing, does he fight unpredictably? Great. Does Riddick fight unpredictably? Yes. And I would argue that since Riddick has wins over Bioraptors, animalistic creatures where you can't really judge the intent or fighting style, since he's got wins over those creatures, he can deal with the unpredictable maybe better than anybody else can. But I really want to talk about a couple of losses that Nightwing famously has. He fought Gambit in a crossover event. Less salt, you know, take with a grain of salt. But Gambit, you know, very strong mutants, very acrobatic, very durable. He beat Nightwing senseless and then stole the Batmobile afterwards. So let's not pretend for a second like Nightwing just wins these first-time encounters against people that he's never met before. Let's also not forget his most embarrassing loss ever in the Injustice series when he was killed by Damian Wayne, a younger version of Robin that came after him when Damian Wayne hit him in the head with a stick. Nightwing was knocked unconscious, fell down, and hit his head on a rock, killing him. That is not a good way for a character like Nightwing to face defeat to a child. To a child, James. You know how many children have ever beaten Riddick? Zero. It's never happened. You know why? Because Riddick won't lose to children. The way this needs to go is that Riddick is the great improviser. Nightwing needs a plan, as we've seen. The poison. What James doesn't tell you about those four tranquilizer darts is that's not even what put Riddick down. He got hit in the head with the butt of a gun when he was weakened from four tranquilizers. So the tranks didn't even put him down, James. How is Nightwing's poison going to do anything but make him angry? And Riddick will absolutely take 10 shots from Nightwing and then pull the knife to the neck, bringing Nightwing down. You're referencing in the, in the, in the, what was it? The, what version of Superman? Invincible Superman? I'm talking about the Injustice, Injustice book series. Nobody mentions Superman except for you every single battle for whatever reason. Gotcha. So the, another version of Nightwing, that's not the version we're talking about. Okay, no, all interesting. had actual chance of superpowers. Interesting. All right, listen. This is all well and good, but Matthew, you've heard three points from Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Riddick and Nightwing. I gotta be honest. Uh, right now, I I think in talking through this is how I'm gonna have to make my my decision because as of right this second, I, I it's too close to call for me. So one of the things that's funny is that I didn't think 
that there would be as many similarities between the two of them as there actually are in sort of their ability to utilize anything at hand, their cleverness and fighting, their, you know, whether it's superhuman or just to the absolute extremes of human capabilities in terms of uh, physical and mental abilities. There's, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of similar that I didn't expect. And, you know, you look at them and you, you look at their backgrounds and, yes, uh, uh, Nightwing was orphaned, which is which is very, very sad. But uh, also he, he was raised by the, the richest man in Gotham. So he also had a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a Silver Spoon upbringing. And the uh, the upbringing of Riddick's was clearly less pleasant. Uh, but, it, you know, they, they seem to have kind of ended in a not dissimilar place in terms of their abilities, not in terms of personality or anything like that. So, you know, I, I go back and forth and I go, okay, well, Riddick tends to show up with his his two knives and that's kind of it. And, and Nightwing tends to show up with all of his accoutrements, which gives him a lot more things to go to and it gives him a lot more uh, avenues for attack and avenues to sort of try and get himself out of a nasty situation. That's good and bad. Sometimes that's really, really helpful. Sometimes it means that you kind of rely on an external uh, object as opposed to having the ability yourself it depends it depends how that stuff's going to work and it depends whether one of those things does work well does does the amount of voltage and ampage that his suit or his uh screamer sticks can generate is that enough to stun riddick because it doesn't have to kill him all it has to do is stun him to slow him down enough that it gives nightwing that split second advantage so that you know that's what i'm, I'm sort of struggling with is to okay where 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 are we where do we find them in terms of that? Are they, where does that kind of fall in? And that's where I've sort of been going back and forth with, with, uh, with you know, as you guys have, have laid out their, their particular skills and abilities. And it's really difficult because Riddick clearly has more of the, the, the pure brute animalistic attack. Like he was described as a tank and his, and his, his fighting style is kind of just go in and, you know, brutalize his way through but then also merging that with a little bit of thought a little bit of tactical abilities whereas nightwings seems to be very you know not necessarily reliant on strength and power but reliant on more pure skill set and thought and so you know those are they they, they both use their minds but also they want to use a skill and one uses brute force okay so which of those two things is going to go first if the fight goes if the fight lasts which of those two things is going to go first? Is exhaustion when you're fighting another high, high level person going to take you out first? Or are you going to run out of ideas first? You know, are you going to run out of uh, of solutions? And, I, you know, in the end, the thing that I keep coming back to is that it seems like all one of them really needs to do is to slow the other one down just enough to get the advantage. And that's going to give them the win. So, I go to, okay, well, which is that going to be? Which one is going to be able to slow the other one down first? Okay, so then the question becomes, who is able to create that tiny opening in the other one? Who's able to create just a little bit of space so they can get their knockout blow in in whatever way it comes? Which one of them, between Riddick and between Nightwing, can slow the other one down just a little bit first? And I think... That for me, ooh, it's back and forth. This stuff. I think for me, the answer has—it's got to be Riddick. There you go. What? 
There you go, ladies and gentlemen. How Riddick gets captured every episode, every movie. Riddick gets captured by armies, James, not by Nightwing. No, not by armies. And here's a funny thing: like like, in all honesty, like literally until it came out of my mouth, I wasn't sure which way I was going to go. I really, really wasn't sure which way. I gotta say, I love your process, but boo, your answer. And here's the thing: like the the reason the the what it really came down to was thinking through everything that you guys had said and. Going, okay, and very quickly in my head doing this thing of like going, okay, well, if I say this one, does that feel right? Or am I immediately feeling like, ah, no, I might have got that wrong. Or, okay, if I say this one, does it feel right? Or do I think immediately go, oh, wait, I got it wrong. And when I when I said Riddick in my head, I went, yeah, that one I'm, I'm not second guessing. One of the reasons I think is, might be kind of what you, what you were just talking about, which is that Riddick, you know, Riddick has lost in terms of like, had momentary setbacks in so many of those ones, whether it's a single fight or a long game, he's got out of it on his own. And this is what Matthew's talking about is just the fact that one of them will kill. Riddick only needs one hit on Nightwing to really bring him down. Nightwing needs to beat one of the most high willpower characters to a point of submission. And can he do that consistently without letting out one one possible moment where Riddick can take advantage of him? Because Nightwing will not kill. Which means that basically Nightwing has to get 25, 50, 100 hits in on Riddick, and Riddick only needs one. Holy I cow. I think, I Matthew, think you guys... Matthew sees what I'm putting down. I think you guys need to... Matthew, I think you need to read more comic books. Uh, Ray, I think you need to learn how to read. But the point is this, guys. Matthew, you are the most eloquent judge I think we've had on the show. The <laughs> way you presented it with that accent was just absolutely magnificent. I, I got to assume you maybe had a Pepsi Max from Ray before the before this this battle. I, I got to tell you, I completely, and I don't know if you get this, completely disagree with what you said, but I did love, I loved how you said it, by the way. All right, now, Ray, congratulations. Is not something I'm going to say. Not going to say it because not good call on the judge. But again, I love the judge. But with all that being said, tell the Legion of Audience how you feel. Look at James's slow descent into madness. As I win season four, I'm dominating season five. And James has no answer for any of the shots that I'm throwing. Much like Riddick, all I need to do is hit you with one good point and your character goes down for the count. And then James has to cry and he has to whine and he has to say, I didn't, I didn't like your, like your judgment at all. And that's outrageous because anytime a judge sides with me, they can put their head on a pillow later that night and know they made the right call for the right character with the right combatant wow that's right matthew i believe you might receive a congressional medal of honor for seeing through james's malarkey and choosing the right victor today matthew you should definitely get a medal for all of your great voice acting work for today what you will get Opposite opinions of your judgment. This is the beautiful part about the Who Would Win show. You don't always win, even when you have the better argument. I'll just leave it at that. All right, Matthew, all joking James, aside. Not only did you lose this battle with whining like that, you're losing your fan base on top of it. Compared to your fan base, which, by the way, they're great. I don't Five think percenters. so. Listen, whenever I lose a match this close, this highly contested, people let me know they're on my side. Feel free to do the same thing this week. I'll be all ears. Now, with that being said, Matthew, I actually think you're quite brilliant. Uh, I love the fact that it was super close. I love the character of Riddick. And you know what? In a weird way, I hope that this battle kind of, I don't know, 
uh, inspires some decision maker, someone at the whichever place has the rights to Riddick and helps push Riddick for into fruition. I hope that happens because that would be awesome. That'd be a huge win for all of us. Uh, all of that being said, you're fantastic. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. Yeah, my uh, my presence online as it is is at uh, both on Instagram and Twitter. On both of them, I am at uh, MJ Waterson. And that's usually where I go to when I am uh, when I'm I'm a, a good a good actor, and I remember to is to, to put up anything that I'm uh, I've been working on. Uh, as I I think I mentioned to the guys earlier, I often have to get help to put stuff on there. So if I'm a day or two late, I apologize. It's uh, not uh, ill intent. It's just incompetence. <laughs> the only thing I've ever seen that's incompetent from you, Matthew. Never mind. Listen. <laughs> Listen, uh, Legion of Audience, support Matthew. He is amazing. He's incredible. And Matthew, please come back sometime soon on the show. Again, I, I, what I did love about you as a judge is your process. You are absolutely fantastic in that way. Didn't Thank agree you. with the decision, but I loved how you came to it. Now, look, I, I got to be honest. I'm not sure tomorrow that I'll agree with my decision. But at the time, I was like, this is the decision that makes sense to me right now. It's it's entirely possible that I'll suddenly wake up in the middle of the night and go, wait, I forgot this one thing. But, you know, that's the way that these things go. Once you make a decision, you just kind of, you, you, you've made the decision and that's what you're going to stick to. What? Listen, I will agree with that. Once a decision is made, it's locked in. That's how it is. I also agree. You'll probably be calling me later tonight saying, I am so sorry for, <laughs> for, for what I did and empowering Ray. No one wants that. All right, race to Canis. You got another win. I don't know if I mentioned this. I completely disagree with it, but you got another win. Well done. Tell the leaders of audience where they can find you. Integrity. It's not just a car from Acura. It's our judge today. He went down to the bottom of his soul when trying to decide what must have been an impossibly difficult matchup to decide. And I give every judge full credit, full credit when they reach down to really think about what they're going to do and come up with hashtag Ray is right because he's absolutely correct in this decision. In fact, had he chosen Nightwing in this battle, quite honestly, there would be protests in the streets just out there every single day. I just mean James. His house would be a, would be, would be a target for mobs with torches and pitchforks saying, how could you pay off another judge? Ray so obviously beat you in this matchup. Basically, it's one of the most dominating victories in the history of the Who Would Win show. And I'm so pleased that 117% of all people who are listening, and I'm counting their pets who are in the other room for part of the show in this, all agree that Riddick would win this match hands down after hearing my arguments and whatever it was James was trying to do today. Flail around like a paramecium with its flagellum. Outrageous. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Guys, we are cruising. Hashtag Rainiacs. Hashtag Awkward Allies. This has been gangbusters this season. This has been the greatest season in Who Would Win Show history. We got top flight judges like Matthew Watterson to come in and tell me that I'm great. And that's all I need out of this life. And that's all I'm getting out of today. And you know what? Much like our judge tonight, I'm going to go to bed satisfied. I, again, the fourth time I'd love to make a joke, but I just, I'll, I thought twice about it and I'm not going to do it. Listen, the only thing that happens when a crowd comes to my house is that we have an amazing party. People talk about how great everything is. I make lots of friends and um, people forget that race to is a thing. 
All of that being said, congrats, Ray. Great job, Matthew Watterson. And uh, I hope the Legion of Audience enjoyed this episode. Can't wait. Can't wait to yet again be inundated with people saying you got jacked again in another episode of Who Would Win. With all that being said. James's fan base, all he does is attract crybabies. So when James loses, he cries. And then his fans cry to him. And he cries back to them. And it's a big old nursery. (laughs) Way to to play to our fan base, Ray Sicanus. I love how you just, you capture those hearts and minds. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.